This podcast is made possible by Workday and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Brenda Morris, CFO of various consumer product companies, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 349. Hello, everyone. I'm Jack Sweeney. CFO Thought Leader is very excited to be hosting and organizing a number of live events. As some of you may know, these events are rooted in our discussions with finance leaders, and they seek to spotlight and search for new practices, tools, and yes, big ideas that can drive change within your organizations. In my mind, one of those ideas is transparency. Some would tell us we're entering a new age of organizational transparency because the millennials are demanding it. Others would tell us it's all about the growing accessibility of data and our enhanced ability to measure it, correlate it, to create new metrics that allow us to better understand how the company is performing and at the same time energize the workforce by achieving new levels of employee buy-in, by more broadly sharing information. So when it came time to craft a wish list of who can best help us explore this topic, among the finance leaders that came to mind, Dave Pomeroy was unquestionably one of the CFOs whose careers was dotted with the names of companies known for their cultures of innovation. If we were looking for a leader who owns a strong point of comparison on this subject, it was Dave. So we're pleased to have Dave joining us to talk on this topic. And then we have Brett Knowles. Now, Brett was also featured as a guest on a podcast not too long ago. Now, when it comes to the intersection of finance and employee engagement today, this is where Brett resides. How do your employees prioritize? What influences their decision-making, their performance? For finance leaders eager to help their organizations discover and leverage strategic advantage, few areas are as rich with possibility as employee engagement. And Brett shares what some of those possibilities are with you today. You'll be hearing from Dave Pomeroy and Brett Knowles after these words from our sponsor. Just as a house needs a good foundation, your business needs a solid technology foundation. At Workday, a different approach to finance technology is giving growing mid-size organizations a distinct advantage. Workday's flexible architecture means that when business conditions change, finance can easily make changes to business processes. To learn more about how a finance system from Workday supports mid-size organizations from the ground up, visit us at Workday.com. Workday, built for the future. Dave, welcome. Hey, thanks, Jack. Great to speak to you today. 
Yeah, it's, it's good to have you with us. And so I want to sort of tee off this discussion by asking for some examples of how during the course of your career, transparency was, was used by a, a given organization to drive company strategy or influence employee behaviors or, or both? What would, you, what would you share with us? Sure, I've got a couple of examples for you, but before we kick off, I, I want to share this quote that I read not long after you and I talked about doing this podcast, and it's from uh, CB Insights, a uh, newsletter I read, and uh, they did a piece on random quotes that sound smart but don't make any sense, and the quote is, the square root of culture is transparency. So with that, uh, now that I've impressed you all how smart I am, uh, let me give you some examples. So in one case, is Rhythm New Media, which was an ad tech company I was CFO of uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, it's an example of how we like, I like to use transparency to bridge uh, sort of investors with employees. And as you all know, a key finance role is to put together business plans, operating budgets, et cetera. And, um, you know, we want to make sure as a CFO and as a finance leader that you can bridge that execution to what the investors expect. So the Rhythm leadership team had spent a considerable amount of time and intellectual capacity putting together a strategic plan, operating plan, and presented it and got it approved by the board of directors. And then once we get approval for this plan uh, and the rationale behind it, we were make sure to share it with the employees through a company-wide meeting. And we actually basically took the same slides the same business cases, the same rationale, and shared it with the organization. And this is a way we felt like, you know, sharing all of the details would help get employees on board and help them execute toward our goals. And this is the kind of transparency that's critical uh, for alignment up and down an organization. Uh, and I think the second part of your question was related to you know influencing employee behavior. Uh, and uh, at Symphony Communications, which is a, a basically a Slack competitor for financial services organizations, uh, we are in hyper-growth mode, having employees, revenue, customers at a very, very fast clip. And so the engineering team was critical in getting the software stack up and running on the AWS infrastructure. And I'm sure many uh, listeners use AWS on the back end to run their software and services. And I think it's super important for finance people to understand the pricing structure for AWS. Because uh, one thing it's, that goes on with AWS is a DevOps person or an engineer or an operations person can increase machine size very, very easily to make run, software run better. But each time they increase the machine size, basically the price, AWS charges doubles. And so we had gone through this to make the software scale, and the CTO had a very easy job of increasing the, the scalability and reliability of the software by increasing the machine size. However, the cost was going up at a dramatic rate, and it was difficult to get him convinced that he had to put resources toward making better software versus spending more money. So what I was able to do is share our business plans, our business models with him, and draw the lines about how spending more money sort of eroded the company's operating margin and then eventually hurt his own personal um, uh, ownership 
as cash burn. And I think that was one of the things, one of the transparent uh, activities I took on to help him reprioritize saving us some money. Now, what about um, what about BDNA? Did you did you find ways to leverage transparency here as well? Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know, one of the first things I did at BDNA uh, was help the leadership team put together a strategic plan. You know, the company had been executing very well in its current market, uh, but it was unclear how long that was going to last. So we had to look at some strategic options about how to grow the company beyond. Uh, its, its core hold on the IT software infrastructure space. Uh, and I was looking for a way to, you know, articulate, you know, what is the end game? And so I put together a, a slide basically of 10 key metrics of the outcome metrics, uh, customers and revenue, growth rate, profitability, things like that, and got the leadership team aligned on what those outcome measures could be. And then we use that as a tool so we could make different, you know, scenario decisions or what have you and understand what the implications on these outcome measures were. So once we agreed with our strategic plan, that's also a sheet that we ended up sharing with employees, sharing with the board, and everybody who was involved in the overall company to get them aligned on the same thing. And uh, not only was it useful in getting our plan uh, approved, and getting our plan aligned against, but then we continued to share it with the organization so we could track progress toward those those 10 outcome measures. Um, let me think of another thing at BDNA. Uh, you know, we also found uh, transparency is key in our overall, uh, you know, regular rhythm of the business and execution. Uh, the company had a super tradition of having a meeting every month called the family dinner. And the family dinner was really the all-hands meeting where we got all employees together uh, once a month and talked about news, current events, product launches, announcements, employees, et cetera. And there was a lot of sharing of numbers or data or information uh, from the leadership team. And so what we began to do is share our quarterly objectives, simple red, yellow, yellow, red, yellow, green scoring that allowed everybody to understand what progress we were making toward the objectives. And then we also started to share uh, our weekly executive dashboard. So each week the executive team would look at a dashboard of performance metrics and numbers. And what we did is we just shared that exact sheet with all the employees of the company so they could see what the measures were, where the business was going well, and where it wasn't going well. Uh, and I think what I liked about this is it was incredibly authentic. The numbers were unpolished. The results, you know, were undoctored, and every employee saw exactly what the leadership team saw at that particular time. Now, you had an interesting tour of duty at Apple about the uh, about the same time that the the iPad was being released, you were, a at the time, a senior director of finance for the Apple online store, which I, I have to believe has to be an interesting place and time. Transparency is a word that uh, we don't necessarily think of when we think of Apple, however. What would you uh, share with us in regards to that tour of the duty? Boy, Jack, that's an interesting one. And I, I, you know, I think most companies the culture and the way they're led relies upon transparency, but obviously that isn't the case for all companies. And Apple is one of those examples. Uh, it's an incre incredibly secret company, sort of the, 
antithesis of transparency, uh, but it works. It works for that company. It's deeply embedded in the company culture. It's a way the leadership team and the organization operates. And I think a little bit of why it works is because there's an incredible amount of trust amongst the employees and the teammates. And, uh, you know, everybody is hired into that culture and works tirelessly to get their piece of the pie done. And so transparency isn't as important as it might be in other organizations. Um, you know, a really interesting scenario happened uh, when I was there around the iPad launch. And part of my role in the company at the time was doing demand forecasting for the Apple online store and how many products we would sell, whether it be phones or Macs or what have you. And we would report on a weekly basis up to Tim Cook, who was T CEO at the time. And, uh, you know, prior to the iPad launch, it was a time and the place in the market when uh, netbooks were really taking share in the PC industry, the low-end netbooks. And, you know, we'd report back that our Mac sales weren't going very well and the market was getting eroded by netbooks. And, you know, really nobody wanted to hear anything about it because uh, Apple did not compete in that space of the low-end computer, but we had no visibility, no transparency about how the company was going to compete against the netbook or against the changing PC market. Well, lo and behold, uh, then the iPad was launched, um, you know, out of complete secrecy, and that product began to take off, uh, and in the end, you know, was Apple's competitive uh, response to the netbook market, although at a higher price point, and was an incredibly powerful strategy. And, uh, you know, in retrospect, um, boy, it was a brilliant strategy. I would have liked to know about it ahead of time, but that's just how the company operated. And, you know, good thing today for Apple is between the iPad and the iPhone, you know, the netbook market is uh, pretty much non-existent, and Apple owns a lot of those uh, market segments. I ask something a little broader, um, just in general. When finance leaders, you know, from your point of view, everything you've witnessed and how we seem to be advancing forward here, when finance leaders, the role of the finance leader is broadening. Is transparency becoming more essential to them? Is it more important to them performing their roles? Yeah, it's an interesting question, Jack. Uh, and, I, and I think transparency is very critical to leadership in general. So to the extent that finance leaders are broadening their domain outside of pure finance to strategy, M&A, HR, legal, or operational you know, areas, the stakes are just higher. So they have more things to lead. Um, you know, and in addition, rather than relying on their, you know, finance domain expertise in these other areas, they have to, you know, rely upon pure leadership expertise, which, you know, transparency is critical. Um, you know, and I think as you mentioned at the beginning of your show, there's some also macro factors going on here. The, the overall change of, you know, social behavior where people are, you know, oversaturated with data and information. You have pretty much all information at your fingertips. So the expectation is that people have more access to information and transparency. And then we can't look, you know, aside of the whole factor of millennials, where, you know, they are empowered and they like to make decisions with data. And unless you can share the data with them to get them behind your decision making, you know, they might not follow you. So these are really important uh, shifts that are going on in, in the world today. Finally, Dave, what are some areas 
you find most challenging to be transparent about, and, and how do you handle those areas? Well, that's a great question, Jack. Uh, you know, and, and the things we work on in finance and most things we are able to share, but in certain cases, um, uh, projects or activities or numbers need to be, you know, confidential. Uh, you know, a tricky one that I've experienced with the small companies is the capitalization table and sharing ownership information with employees or even more importantly, prospective employees. You know, with the craze of unicorns going on, candidates really want to understand valuations and ownership structures and what their stock could be worth. And, you know, you can't really share all that information because it is confidential. Uh, but what I like to do is I like to share the share price with them, what their stock grant uh, strike price will be, and talk about scenarios about, you know, with their contributions and the contributions of the company, can they double, quadruple, or even do higher multiples to grow that revenue base or share price to help them make some money. You know, another example might be M&A. We, we just recently went through a transaction, and obviously we can't share all the details of an M&A transaction with a lot of employees. Um, but uh, you have to tread very lightly, and in this case, uh, we were lucky enough to be going through a dual track process of both fundraising and M&A, so I could be transparent about the fundraising process, which then turned into an M&A process. But really, if you want your teams to work hard and commit their nights and weekends to get a job done, you have to share some information about what is the goal, what are they working on, why is it important? Dave, hold that thought, because I think this is a good time to uh, introduce Brett Knowles, who's here with us as well. And on, on the subject of transparency, Brett, what would you uh, where would you begin with us? Direction I want to uh, add on to Dave's comment. Uh, you know, the idea of transparency has been out there for some time. If you reach back in time, Jack Stack had a great book uh, called Open Book Management that talked about a process where we could gradually uh, teach team members about accounting and finance and how we keep score. And uh, by so doing, get people more uh, understanding and empowered and engaged in the organization. And it's a very powerful tool. The dilemma that we've had for some time, though, is that dollars no longer fairly represent how we create value in organizations. So, uh, you know, to, to poke a joke, I guess the question is, if uh, Jack charged you more for this podcast, would you learn more? Probably not. So there's not necessarily a correlation between the amount of money we spend on something and the benefit that it gives us. And this is particularly true when we have knowledge components to our products. So anytime that we are um, adding service or value to a tangible asset, no longer does uh, dollars represent a, a good uh, indication of the value we're creating. Uh, even in Dave's example of the, the iPad, I mean, it's hard to imagine now, but at some point in time, someone must have shown up with that uh, technology at an Apple store, and uh, the person at the store would have said, well, gosh, why would I try selling this new technology that no one's heard of, there's no applications for, uh, it doesn't, we, doesn't even have a keyboard on it, like none of the stuff that we're used to. I'm just going to keep on selling laptops because people understand laptops. Well, 
that wouldn't work. Uh, we needed our employees to kind of invest in the future, to work towards this new strategic goal, this new product group, this new service offering, in a way that wouldn't necessarily convert into dollars and cents that pay period, maybe that year, and maybe that strategic planning period. So we've begun to explore how is it we can be uh, get that same transparency, you know, full visibility, but also effectively paying it forward. How can we help uh, individuals know that it's more important to do this or that? I, I don't know. Think of a helpline desk. We might decide that it's more important that you fix it right the first time than you keep talk time beneath two minutes. So we need a way to begin communicating these non-financial uh, mechanisms. Now, we still tend to be relying on the financial officers to do so because you are the scorekeepers, you have uh, cross-functional visibility, and so on. And so as we began exploring this, and, and we've used this at, at many organizations, and we see examples of it at places you know, like Google and T-Mobile and so on, what we want to do is begin to represent how we work, whether it's a process or project, by taking a look at both the priority that that objective has and the level of success or level of completion. So uh, just to go out of business for a second, if you can think of, I don't know, bringing up a, a kid, you might decide that you want your kid to become an accountant. So the subject of math is probably more important than the subject of art. Uh, if we take a look at their processes, you know, the kids' processes are going to ballet, going to football, doing their homework. Well, obviously the process of doing your homework has a higher impact on that important objective of math and therefore is more important to us. Well, what if we could allocate strategy points for it so I'd earn more points for a high mark in math than I earn for a high mark in art? Well, that seems a bit silly, but if we apply that to, back to business, imagine a sales rep has a choice of selling more products to an existing customer or getting a new customer uh, into the business. Well, our strategy might be about getting new customers, and therefore, even though it's more effort, we want the sales rep to focus on getting those new customers. And therefore, they might not earn as much because that customer is not going to buy as much in year one. But long-term, that's our strategy, and long-term, it's going to be of greater financial strength. So what if I gave that rep two strategy points for every new customer and only one strategy point for a sale to an existing customer? Or let's say 200 points for a new customer and only one point for selling to the existing customer. Now I can begin to influence the sales rep's activity. Thought Leader listeners, we have little doubt you would find Brett Knowles's complete presentation of interest. However, the remaining portion of Brett's talk features visuals, so we thought we'd whet your appetite here and welcome you to visit us at CFOThoughtLeader.com to view the entire presentation. But what do we have for you? Well, listeners, we have some additional questions that we posed to Dave and Brett after these words from our sponsor. You want smart, 
clear and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. This one's for you, Dave. Are you with us? Right here, Jack. Okay. Welcome back. Dave, do you believe small the question is, do you believe small companies are better suited than large enterprise companies to leverage transparency? Why is that? Um, anyway, anyway, Dave, does this uh, have any thoughts on this one, whether it's uh, transparency in large versus small? Uh, well, of course. I've worked both at large organizations and small organizations. Uh, Perfect. So, you know, I think if you look at public companies versus private companies, there's definitely a difference, right? If you're a public company, there are some limitations to the information that can be shared uh, just because, you know, with uh, the public reporting and SEC rules, et cetera, there's just certain things you don't want to get out before earnings or before official announcements. So there's some compliance and regulatory implications there. But I think if you think about transparency as it relates to work groups, um, I don't see why those can't be the same, right? So if you've got a, uh, an executive team work group at a co public company, they can have transparency and they're sort of mature and seasoned uh, enough not to uh, do something um, publicly inappropriate with that information. Uh, but if you're working in a finance work group, whether you're at a large company or small company, you can have the same degree of transparency. I think when you get to company size, um, it's not really the suitability, it's, you know, what are the processes to be transparent? If you're a 50 or 100 person company, it's much simpler to be transparent. You can get people on a call in a room and share information. Uh, if you're a 10,000 employee corporation, uh, that just doesn't work anymore. And you need to set up communication processes. You need to set up materials, decks, videos, what have you. Uh, it's just a little bit more challenging and more of a, a, a process to get transparency and communication um, throughout the organization. Hey. Uh, Brett, uh, next question is for you. If you give people – somebody writes – if you give people a goal or a target, they'll hit it, whether it's in the best interest of the company or not. What are some of the risks you've encountered – uh, they ask when seeking to incent people, and I think what uh, they're trying to get at is that you better have this integrated into a larger strategy or uh, you could really harm, do some harm as well, I suppose. Brett, what do you make of this? No, that's, uh, that's bang on. Uh, what's that expression, uh, careful what you ask for? You might just get it. So what we've learned is when you begin setting up these point systems, uh, people will, like, crash through walls to make sure it happens. So you better be darn sure this is based on a strategy that you want. The other thing is this, that uh, there are probably several objectives that I need to do, not just one. And that's how we lead our lives. You know, you're trying to decide how to drive into the office in the morning. Uh, you have to optimize a bunch of equations, getting there fast, uh, get your cup of coffee on the way there, doing some errands, 
uh, you know, getting to the shower workstation and, and all sorts of stuff like that. So we're constantly optimizing the equation against multiple variables, and that's all we're trying to do, make the strategy available to everyone. So like an online game, I can understand what strategy you might want to use. Now, this is largely based on Daniel Pink's work in his book, Drive, The Interesting Things That Motivate People. He identifies three intrinsic motivators, uh, but in fact, for us employees, there's really five. Purpose, what are we supposed to be doing? Mastery, give me the skills and the opportunity to learn and get better. Uh, progress, I need to see what progress I'm making on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Autonomy, I need the privilege of choosing, do I do this or do that? And then lastly, socialization. And these are the things that make online gaming addictive, and if we apply those game mechanics, makes business addictive. What's my purpose? Um, you know, let me learn and get better at it. Let me see my ongoing progress. Let me make choices about do I do this or do that. And lastly, talk to my teammates about how I'm doing. And so the point system has to leverage that intrinsic reward system and make sure that it's linked to the strategy and gets me points where the organization needs that success. Like with an online game, you're going to play one level and maybe the objective is to, uh, you know, take the high ground. The second level, maybe it's to take the low ground. The objectives keep on changing, and we need the agility to change those point systems and people thinking to constantly cha uh, chase that changing target. So I think this might, this next question might uh, be for Dave as well, but it's addressed to you, Brett. Uh, so I'll begin. Inside midsize and small companies, isn't transparency? one way of attracting talent uh, today. And I, I imagine they're, again, hitting on this millennial question. Um, a lot of small firms that used to be private used to sort of be very uh, protective of data and information are perhaps becoming uh, uh, more transparent uh, as they understand how uh, the new talent population, what, what sways them. Um, is this, uh, I don't know if this is, uh, there's a divide in large compared to large enterprise and small, but have you seen this? Have you seen how uh, smaller, uh, mid-sized companies perhaps have uh, begun to leverage transparency to, uh, to attract and retain talent? Absolutely. You know, the statistics show this amazingly high turnover rate of millenniums. They have this, this career lifespan of 18 months, if you're lucky. So, and if you take a look at the stats, the reason they're shifting is um, partly disillusionment about what the organization does. What we think it does before I start working at it and what it actually does when I'm there maybe are two different things. So what if we could be more transparent? What if we could be clear what that point system is? You're in more points for new customers in the example I've been using. Now people get it, and they have a choice about like, going in, whether I want to participate in that game or not. And so what we found is where we do make the strategy more transparent or explicit through these points, we have a significantly lower turnover rate and we have a significantly higher engagement rate. So when you take a look at those employee surveys, and it actually hits the small and medium-sized businesses more. You know, once, 
you know, when the organization is sort of 100 people or below, the entrepreneur can put their arms around the organization every single day. You see everyone at the coffee place and so on. But at a certain point, it, that gets broken. It's bigger than the entrepreneur can see. And, and they know that because they're walking down the hallway one day and they see someone walking the other way in the hallway that they didn't hire. And they don't know their spouse and their dog and their kids. And all of a sudden, they realize they're out of control. So we now need a way, when that happens, to do the Vulcan mind meld, suck out of the boss, what does success look like, so that we all have that consistent framework. Now, they might not all attract that new customer in exactly the same way, but they understand what that goal is and can use their skill set to go make it happen. And if they're successful, they get more points, and just like online gaming, it becomes addictive. So uh, the first question, be careful what you ask for because you might just get it, and the transparency to make sure that we get the right people on board to begin with are both powerful reasons why this transparency thing, uh, and for God's sake, we all wish we'd had it when we started. For some reason, the millenniums are just brave enough to ask for it. We'd like to thank CFO Dave Pomeroy and Brett Knowles of PM2 Consulting and Michael Schultz of Blackline, all of whom participated with us in a recent webinar on strategic transparency and automation. You'll find it on demand at cfothoughtleader.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, Thought Leader listeners, you can now go premium at cfothoughtleader.com.